Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Divine Data. I'm Samantha Paprin and today I have divine storyteller of all sorts, Brittany Hunter. How are you today, love? I am wonderful. Happy to be here. Yeah, so happy to be here with you. So much we can talk about. But today I want to start off with just the general subject of healing traumas because that's where we're going to be rolling from today in general. Um, if there's anything that you want to start speaking to right now, what do you feel called to saying? Yeah, so there's actually something, I don't think I ever told you this, um, and it has to do with the second time we ever hung out, which I believe was the, was Boy, not Boys Next, what is it now? Future Frontiers last year. Um, but there was kind of a beautiful moment where I felt connected to you without ever even telling you this. Uh, we were both kind of going through respective stuff. Um, in fact, I was there, I had just started dating somebody, but a guy I was hung up on was at Future Frontiers. And then there was that lot, right? And so there's like all this stuff going on in my head. I know you were going through your own stuff at the time, but there was a really cool moment where we were both dancing, not even next to each other, just separated on the dance floor for the last night. And there was this like, this like kindred spirit feeling. Cause I could tell that like you were dancing for your mental health. Like I was dancing for my mental health. It was just this moment of like, okay, like I get you. Like I feel you, we are on the same level here. But that was one of the best dancing experiences. And I go dancing all the time that I think I've ever had. So it was fun to share that with you. Yeah, that whole entire, you know, experience, conference, festival hybrid is such a healing portal. And, yeah. um, you know, people go there to network and then their entire life is changed. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think that that is such a unique part of that conference, allowing us to have that space during Bloom's Festival where we do get to heal together through movements and through music um and it's such an integral part of our healing and it freaks me out when i hear that like schools defund you know those departments um first yeah but that's that's where like the children that's where adults that's where our inner children get to come through and heal so it's such an integral part it's such an integral part and thank you for sharing that memory. So yeah, no, I always say that. I'm like, you know, I don't think I've ever actually shared that with you. But like, yeah, I was like, okay, I'm going to do that today. I'm going to let her know how much that meant to me. So <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, no, I definitely always felt that with you. Like, even though the only times that we've gotten to hang out were at Future Frontier, <laughs> like, you were my like soul sister for sure. I've been through some stuff and back with you, even on just those weekends. Yeah. Um, and being able to stay connected still through that is like such beauty because we've got, gotten to know each other even more through social media because we're both pretty expressive about ourselves and our lives and what we've experienced. Uh, like I used to be more closed off but it just like you never know who is looking at your page and who is thinking like oh my goodness I needed to hear that today or like I, I needed to see that today and I, I've been kind of taken aback so many times when that has happened to me thinking like oh I almost didn't post that. Or I almost, you know, I thought it was too vulnerable. And then somebody will reach out being like, you saved me. You know, thank you. It's like, oh, okay. Well, and there's even people on the internet who will shame people who do that. They're like, Facebook isn't the space to air your stuff like that. And it's like, it isn't just a space to like share memes, guys. Like we are, <laughs> like, <laughs> it's great for memes. I love the memes. Like, thank you, meme gods. Um, <laughs> but it is a space that we we should be allowed to be safe to be vulnerable. Yeah. Um, and I share a lot of my own stuff 
even while I'm healing through it or after I've healed through it, just because I do know that through that ripple effect of me being vulnerable and sharing that, there are other people who, who feel the same way and experience the same things who felt alone. And we're not, we're not alone. We're all experiencing to some extent, like really similar human experiences. We're all constantly healing, you know, like none of us are healed. Like we're all constantly healing because every day we pick up a little bit of new trauma. We, We discard the rest, you know? So it's not like it is some finished process. Everyone is constantly healing. <laughs> and, and we need to just stigmatize that. Like, it should be cool, like, to talk about that stuff. Like, that should be the trending stuff. We should yep. make that, like, trendy, like, to just <laughs> feel and talk about the stuff and, like, how, turn social media into a place where you're not just seeing these idyllic lives. Um, because I know that there are, there have been times in my life where I've seen this like beautiful couple and I think everything's perfect with them and I want all of that and then I meet them in person and they're like oh that entire time you were miserable it's and then you, you bring that up actually so I was I was married and I had what I call a very Instagram marriage so it looked perfect for Facebook and Instagram and everyone was like oh my goodness I want to be them they are a power couple and nobody realized that we didn't even hang out outside of those pictures right like it was such a facade there was no substance there was nothing real it was everything you saw on Instagram was what you got you know like wasn't real at all and so it's, I'm glad you bring that up because I've been on both sides I've been on the side where I'm looking at someone else's life thinking why can't I have that but I've also been on the other side where I've put out this image that wasn't real you know oh I mean I was I was engaged for quite some time to a really lovely person but we were both on deep healing path both deep in our own traumas and um we really wanted everything to to be as it looked um but it wasn't it just wasn't and there were times where we would have like the worst of our fights and then we would end up in a really pretty place and be like okay smile (laughs) (laughs) so scary to me to think about now but like also like i love myself then for like trying i really tried but we can't we can't hide behind those masks anymore and like we're learning now with everything going on in the world whole another episode to talk about that but <laughs> <laughs> um like we're we're learning that the veil's lifted yeah it's, you know there's there's the jig is up no more hiding and that means there's no more hiding from our own stuff either which is the, the scary part, right? It's so much easier to tell somebody else to stop hiding from their stuff. It's so much harder to be like, all right, I'm doing the same thing. Because <laughs> I really do believe that we're all reflections of each other. So even like the super malevolent characters on the planet right now are somehow like reflections of us. And also like, I've been just trying to sit in this like weird space of compassion for them too, because it's like, you must be so hurt. Yeah. So like that's the hardest, that's one of the hardest things, especially when it comes to things that, to get a little bit deeper things like even things like me too, or things where there are people who've done, you know, terrible things. It is so hard to sit back and be like, all right, why did you do those things? You did those things because you are a broken person because you are going through something. So to stand back and have compassion for even the people who have hurt you, that's like, <laughs> that's like a whole other thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's, but that's what we have to start doing, you know, and it, it starts off in a smaller scale, but that ripple effect, that's how we start to heal humanity. You know, it really does start from within and like, we can't keep trudging upon the like wounded healers path of like acting as if, you know, we're perfectly fine while taking on the rest of the world's crap. Like, no, go deal with your own stuff because by doing so, 
you'll have that ripple effect. You'll get to have those moments on the dance floor with someone where you're like, oh my God, I resonate with what you're going through. We're going through it together. And like, we're not alone. Like, I think that is, especially right now, everyone feels alone. Everyone feels alone. It's, it's just, you're not, you know, none of us are. We're all, like you said, going through similar things. Like, I wish we could kind of celebrate that more. Totally. And, and see the unification that is happening as well, because even though we're being asked to separate, um, I'm speaking to people from like countries I'd never thought that I would speak to people from at this point on a daily basis and working with them like and 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 speaking to in big conference spaces like people who I used to follow on Instagram and be like I'll never be as cool as that and like I want to be and they're listening to my words in a zoom room and being like thank you sister wow we really needed that I'm like Oh my God, I followed you as like my spiritual guru for years. <laughs> Am I an equal to you? Are we all equal to each other like that? Like, and oh my God, like, yeah, we are because we do it to ourselves. It's that story that we continue to tell ourselves that we're alone in this world, yes. that we're never going to be as good as the next person, you know, but like, I've been also seeing this whole thing about gatekeepers and it's like, I'm stepping into this new paradigm i'm super spiritual i'm gonna talk about it like that <laughs> like and in the new paradigm there is no gatekeeper other than yourself yes. like that we're our biggest gatekeepers you know um so it's really beautiful to be able to like be you know the people that are like forging the path of others to be vulnerable yeah. not to like to our horns but we do like, we should take some joy and, and pride in the fact that like we are doing the healing to help others feel safe to do that too well like you said it's not that we're even doing it for them it's like we're doing it for ourselves but in doing so and like getting our own stuff figured out like then we can be inspirational to other people and, and i'm not gonna pretend that i have everything figured out for the record i'm not like some enlightened being that has somehow got all my life problems figured out but I do feel like I'm starting to, right? And so it's good to, to show that and to say like, to lead by example. Right, lead by example. And what I love about you is that you keep it real, sister. Like you are like straight up, like are so real on the interwebs. Like, I love it. Real. Sometimes I'm like, why did I just say that? What's too real? Like, no, like we need to yeah. step into that true space of like authenticity, integrity to who we are, transparency, yes. realness. Like, yeah, like, you have every right to reserve certain stuff to yourself and keep that stuff to yourself. Absolutely. That you should feel safe to do so as well. Like that's boundaries. That's beautiful, but also safe to just be like, this is who I am. Yep. <laughs> Love it or leave it. Like. Yeah. And as, as much of, as much as of you, as you want to share with the world, you should feel totally safe to, and that you have the space to do so. And we need to start. Um, I really want to, make a shirt and maybe I need to go do it right before I put this episode out so no one else does it but I'm gonna make a shirt that says make the internet real again I love that yeah like, yeah let's make the internet real again because that's like the first step towards like taking back our own freedoms and like showing like yeah like no more censorship like you can't censor me and not even my friend like we're trying to censor each other in comments and stuff like stop everybody yeah <sighs> There's so much going on in there. There's so much. It's like so overwhelming. <laughs> Every day I get like on Facebook and I'm just like, here we go. <laughs> like, what has happened now? Like, what is going on? But the funny thing is like, like we were kind of talking about earlier, none of this matters at all because if we're still like 
you know, chaotic inside, then nothing that is going on in the world really matters or really impacts us because you've got, you've got to start where you are. And the only thing we can do about that is try to get our own lives together. Totally. And actually I uh, took like a Facebook break for the first time in years because I do some social media management um, and I typically can't be yeah. off of it. Yeah. <laughs> I just like two weeks was like, no, I'm not even, I'm not getting on the app. I'm not doing it. It started off as a week. I continued it on through the next week. How so was that? Did that just feel great? It felt like I was getting off of a drug. <sighs> I need to, I need to do that. <laughs> it literally felt like I was getting off of a drug and then I forgot about it. Like after like the first week I was kind of like, I like this. And now my practice with Facebook is typically I just post a blurb or whatever I feel like is coming through in the moment and then I get off the app and then I'll allow myself like some mindless scrolling on like a Sunday when I'm not working but like yeah. if I do it on a day that I'm working I feel like my whole day gets thrown because you're not focused like I start with being like oh you know I, I want to procrastinate this I don't want to do this and I'm scrolling through and then like three hours have gone by and I'm in a bad mood because I've seen someone I disagree with and I'm getting all worked up and then I you know it goes back and forth with do I comment do I not comment and it's just so much inner turmoil that I'm like, why am I doing this to myself? Like, I don't need to be arguing with strangers on Facebook. And I don't need to be like ruining my own like soul to do so in the process. Right. And it really it isn't helping. It's only perpetuating negativity with negativity, you know? And what I'm really learning is like, if your perception of the world doesn't fit with my perception or my narrative doesn't fit your narrative, that's okay. And like, maybe you'll get on the same bus as me someday and get to the same stop I'm at, or maybe you had to take a completely different bus route for this lifetime. And that's, that's fine. Like that's you, you do you. Yeah. Like weird about now is like, we're not letting each other, like we can't do you anymore because it's like you do you, but wait, I don't like what you did there. So now I'm going to like, now I want to post about why I don't like what you did. <laughs> I just wish we could just hands off, let everybody have their own journey and take it from there. Totally. And I think, you know, social media is a big part of that. Like, you know, it, it had a huge hand in that where we now like have accessibility to everybody's day-to-day -day lives and we know who they vote for and this and this and this. And it's kind of just like, okay, yeah, maybe there does need to be that transparency, but also we need to have the awareness of like how corrupt our political system is. And also both wings are attached to the same. Right, like, same thing, same thing. <laughs> like, cool guys. But like in order for the bird to fly, needs both wings and also the other way around to look at it is that no matter where you look at it they all work for the same people it's the same and body they, yeah same brain control in the shots <laughs> so it's it's you know why are we infighting why are we constantly doing that and um to like bring it back to less political less social media like to even back just to like our trauma healing and being transparent um i know i posted recently and i'm coming out a lot more about um, cutting off toxic family members um, and cutting off toxicity in your life in general is like a really big thing um, for me at least to speak to and to also help destigmatize um, and I know that like you have had conversations with me where you've been like I've been there sister and it's so beautiful to be able to like have that ripple effect and know that we're in this together and that it is okay it is okay to cut off those toxic ties. And people, and the other thing you have to realize when you do that too, is not everyone's always going to agree with you. And I, I know I can only speak from my own experience, but having to cut off uh, two women in my own family, two women in my immediate family, my mother and my sister, a lot of people will push back on that and say like, it doesn't matter what they've done. You know, you need to be the bigger person. But sometimes being the bigger person does mean 
cutting the toxicity out of your life, you know? And it, it sucks. Like there are days, like Mother's Day is always a hard day for me. It's always a hard day because I'm seeing everyone post pictures of their mothers. And I have a wonderful stepmom who is a saint among men, but she's not, she is not my, my mother, right? So there's always this, this little bit of sadness where I'm like, okay, I'm missing out on, on all these other things, but but my well-being is so much better not having her in my life that it's just it has to be that way. Yeah, and it's and it's it's almost the most loving thing that you can do for everybody in this situation. And I say almost, but it is the most loving thing. Scratch the almost. Um, I feel you on Mother's Day. It's it's actually the same two people in my family, which is like makes me feel even more connected to you. So there's a sister as well. Yeah, yeah. So That's she, same. <laughs> yeah. And, it, and it's difficult. It's really difficult. And, and it's been, you know, a long time coming. And there was a six year period where I didn't even speak to my mom. And most of the people on my mom's side of the family kind of ostracized me as well, silently ostracized me. I no longer was invited to family stuff. Like, but my sister was, and my sister never saw that as an issue and would always tell me that it was like my duty to work for the relationship that she had with our mom. And I, since I was a kid, seven years old, could see blatantly that I was disconnected from my mother. And um, I tried, I fought for it for years, you know, and like this stuff needs to be like safe to talk about because for years I was kind of shamed by people and not even shamed, but kind of silenced about it. Like, but she's your mother and she must love you in some way and she doesn't know how to show it. And Good, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And, and it's tough because it's like, I've been to, you know, I was at one of my sister's birthday parties like five years back and this Peruvian woman walked up to me and we're at my mother's house, which I used to have a room in, um, which was recently made a guest room, um, which was an interesting feeling as well, but <laughs> it's the right thing to do. Um, but this woman came up to me and she was like, who are you? And I was like, I'm Samantha, who are you? And she was like, I'm Melissa, my mother, um, I'm her friend. And I was like, okay, great. I'm her daughter. And she goes, she has another daughter. I've known her for, nine, I've known her for nine years. I never knew she had another daughter. I was like, nice to meet you. Like, <laughs> you say that. Like, <laughs> um, and I really wanted to say like, how, like, how dare you respond that way, whether you knew I existed or not, like, okay. that is not okay. You were, to, you don't tell me that information. You don't tell me that my mom never shared that she had another daughter because like it, it made sense in the timeline, like the nine years she knew her within those nine years. I didn't nine years. Yeah. Years. So it was like moments like that were like when I, I should have, it's like, that's when you should have walked away from the boyfriend. That's the red flag. Yeah. You know? It's yeah. all the same thing. And, and, and that's the thing too, is like, that's why I hadn't walked away from so many red flags with men because my first person that was supposed to love me showed me weird love. <laughs> I'm so glad you bring that up because it's funny. I, I don't have what people, you know, would call daddy issues, right? I love my father. My father is a hero to me. My father is, I think, the only reason I have any like moral compass at all in a lot of ways. But, but the mother relationship has impacted every relationship with a man I've ever had because like you said, the first person who's supposed to love you unconditionally is supposed to be your mother. And when you don't have that foundation, everything else is rocky. Like everything else, every time I look in the mirror, it's 
oh, you know, I look pretty today, but do I? Do I look pretty today? Because I don't know. My mother said I looked fat when I was, you know, a little kid. You know, and it's all these things in my head are all grounded in the, the earliest memories of my mother. And so it, it is hard. It's really hard to have a relationship with a man when I don't have as secure of a self-esteem as, as other people did that got that love. And so I've always felt a little bit deficient there. And that, that sucks. That's not great, but... <laughs> I hear you. I mean, I've had to learn and relearn and like literally play out these traumas in front of me in like friendships and in relationships with men, and like all this stuff and, and, and so much codependency that I had to get rid of. And we need that validation because when you don't have that validation from birth, like the good kind of validation, you seek it elsewhere. And for me, it's been men. Cause it's like, who's going to get me away from my mom as a kid. Oh, you get up, you, you grow up, you get married and a man takes you away and solves all your problems. Like that's how I was raised to think. And then it was like, Oh, is that not how this works? <laughs> I have to fix my own stuff. <laughs> why aren't you healing me yet? Right? What's happening? <laughs> the pressure I used to like, why do these relationships keep failing? And I did have to kind of realize like, oh, that's on me because I have not done the work to build this, this foundation of self-esteem that I didn't get. So that's, that's like, that's the whole thing now, right? Like that's what I'm working towards now. And it's, it is a brutal process. I have a great therapist, thank goodness. <laughs> but like, it is, it is a really rough process. It is. It's grappling with like all of your deepest fears, all of your shadows, like really nurturing all of your inner children and like allowing them to exist again and be free. Because I feel like when you have a lack of a mother relationship, you also have to grow up a lot faster and you don't really get to experience as much of a like free, fun, joyous childhood because you're like vying for your mother's attention at all times and not feeling adequate or worthy at like a really young age that's that's not that's not what I want for any child like imagining like another child having to deal with that and that, right. knowing that there are like millions out there I want to help like create this space where like we can heal ourselves and our generation so that like it doesn't continue that cycle. Well, and you bring up, and this has been my big thing this past year is because I don't speak to my older sister or my mom, I've been like, all right, this is really, really crappy because I am now responsible for healing centuries of generational trauma that my mom got from her mom, that her mom got from her mom. And it's, it's a lot of responsibility because I've had to look at this and I've had to say, if I don't do this, no one's going to. Like no one is going to break this cycle if I don't do it, which is both hard because that puts a lot of responsibility on me, but it's also very rewarding because I think like, oh, I can, I can break this cycle. Like I can be the one that like resets the whole thing. And so that gives me a lot of hope. And stepping away from that toxicity too is probably like the first time in the lineage that that's really happened where you literally break in the chain and been like, broken the chain and been like, it's, it's done. We're not doing not this here. Anymore. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're no longer doing this. And the new cycle is going to begin. And I think that that's why I said it's the most loving thing that like we could do for everybody involved because my sister even once had a fight with me and wouldn't read any article I sent her on generational trauma. I was like, it gets passed down in our DNA. Please listen to me. We're like, it's real. And she was like, it's impossible. It's not true. Like you just have to like, and she was right when she said this, she was like, you just have to heal your own stuff. And I was like, okay, yeah. Okay. So we have to heal mm-hmm. our own stuff by also healing all of the stuff that was given to us that isn't actually ours. Like that's not mine, Samantha Rose Paprins. You know, that's not yours, Brittany Hunter. That is like of like 
lineage past and like of family members that maybe had to even be in wars and like battles and all of that kind of stuff, stuff we don't even know. Stuff you know? we don't even know. It's funny because I have very like prophetic dreams. I'd like to my horn, but my whole family, like we're very like very in tune with everything around us. And so, I mean, sometimes I've had dreams of just like, you know, this is stuff you're overcoming. This is stuff, you know, possible stuff your family had to deal with. And it's, it's a lot, but it's also really cool to say, I can take control of this. Like someday, I don't know that I'm going to have kids, but someday someone in my family can look back and say like, we stopped this, you know, we, we stopped the cycle of trauma, which is huge. And I think that like, we are, I think by saying we, I mean, like us, our generation, like for the most part, maybe, yes, yeah, some aren't doing the work, but like, the people I've been keeping myself around in the past few years, we are doing the work and, and we're doing the work. Surround yourself with people who want to do the work. Cause I have had friends in the past that not even, it's not even that they won't even do the work, they won't even acknowledge the problem. And they're just fine, especially in DC, they're just fine to go about their political lives, seek power, seek this. And it's just like, that's not my vibe. I'm not vibing with that anymore. Like, I don't really want to like, I don't really want to be around you. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's all about evolving, you know, it's all about our, like, inner evolution so then we can, like, see it exterior to us and, like, see how we can continue to grow. I mean, that's, like, how we, like, expand the collective consciousness. It's how we keep, like, you know, returning to oneness and stuff. It's, like, how we can, like, pull from that beautiful, fine, like, divine consciousness where, like, all of a sudden you're, like, channeling information that you didn't even study and you're, like, wow, I am Google. <laughs> sweet <laughs> um and, and to to do that to get to that place of clarity and to like be that in tune as well and have it be a clear channel we have to do the work to excavate all the other stuff that isn't ours yeah one book i really like that helped me with this um radical acceptance by tara brock i don't know if you're familiar with her she's an amazing i think she's actually she is a buddhist now but there was a line in there where she says, for those of us who didn't get that, that love as a child, to, to meditate and kind of hold your own suffering, hold your own sorrow. But she has a line that she says, just tell yourself, like, darling, I care about your suffering. And that to me was like really profound. It's really simple, right? I care about your suffering. But growing up in an environment where you don't feel you got that, like the, I never felt that my mother really cared what I was going through, that there were times I was hurt, that I was broken, and there was no acknowledgement of that pain. But I don't really need anyone else to acknowledge it, right? I can sit there, I can hold my own sorrow, and I can say, like, I care. Like, I'm here to heal you. I'm, I'm there. And that was a very, I mean, that was a turning point for me in my life, I think. Totally. It's being your own best friend. Um, I, on my first yoga teacher training with Kula Collective, I was so grateful to have this experience of marrying myself. We all did this, like, gorgeous wedding ceremony where we, like, wrote- fun. Yeah, we wrote down like vows to ourselves, hmm. and we like walked down an aisle. There's a ceremony and everything. There's a ceremony and everything, and we all experience. We all witness each other's ceremonies, which is a very intimate thing. And you can either read your vows aloud to yourself, and you go up to an altar with a mirror, hmm. so you're looking at your. And it's a really intimate moment, and these vows are promises to yourself, you know that also allow you to evolve and allow these promises to change over time. And you can come back and like renew your vows with yourself, but like remembering that like you are, you come into this world, your own best friend, you're going to leave this world, your own best friend. And you got to be there for yourself. You're the only person that's with yourself 24 seven. Which is hard because you're also your own worst enemy. And I think we've probably both experienced that, especially when you're going through the low points, when you think like, 
even through breakups, like, what did I do? Oh, this was me again. Like, I'm not good enough. I don't deserve love. I don't, and I, and I do that even now. Like, I, again, I'm saying I'm in a constant perpetual state of healing. Like, I am not healed. <laughs> I am healing. But I have to remind myself, like, no, you are enough. Like, you are enough. You're not perfect. You're maybe 5% wrong. You do some things bad, but 95, if not more percent of you is this beautiful, just, you know, divine person. So that's, that's been learning how to love yourself and be your best friend is key <laughs> it's key and 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 also like I, I think i said before um we started recording my father's best advice he's ever given me is to forgive yourself yeah. every morning otherwise life is too hard um and and that's the truth is that like because sometimes you are your own worst enemy and and sometimes you are tough on yourself and then sometimes you get to wake up or every day you get to wake up rather and be like and that's okay and whatever happens, happens. And, and now we get to today. Yeah, it's new and it's fresh. And um, yeah, I would love to ask you to give our audience a little bit of like some of your self-improvement tips. I know that you've been really yeah. in So I'll preface this by saying, so three years ago, just to give you like some background on how all this came about with me. So three years ago, I got divorced. My life pretty much went from like, oh, this is the way it is. And then it all just crumbled around me. And for a long time, I was just kind of waiting, waiting for what happened. I was doing nothing to fix my life. And it was actually, it was, I had a friend of mine that was like, you know, have you ever tried like meditating? Have you ever tried doing this stuff? And I was like, I'm not going to be one of those weird people who sits outside and meditates. Like, that's not my style. That sounds like a bunch of hippie talk. Like, I'm not going to do that. And then <laughs> like, it's like my life started getting worse. I was like, okay, clearly what I'm doing is not working. <laughs> so my first step towards self-improvement was actually meditation. And it was so easy. All I had to do was download an app. Like it wasn't like I had to like go somewhere and find some guru and meditate though. I've done that too, but it was just downloading an app. And I remember sitting still and for 10 minutes only with my own thoughts was really scary at first. It was a really scary moment of, okay, silence is like my biggest fear. I talk a lot. I like sound. I like, you know, commotion, but there was so much peace in that. And I didn't, people sometimes think like, oh, when I start meditating, I have to feel something right away. I didn't feel some like big thing for months. Meditating is hard and it's a practice. You study, you get better. So for me, it was like, all right, I'm not feeling anything now, but I'm going to do this every single day for three months. And then we'll read, you know, we'll, we'll talk about what I feel in three months. And after that three months, um, there's a great quote. I can't remember who it is, but between stimulus and response, there is, there's like space basically is what the, the quote is. And uh, that's kind of how I felt. Like I went from being, something would happen and I would just react and I would go nuts, right? Now I could stop and say, okay, you don't have to act on your feelings right now. You feel your feelings, acknowledge you feel your feelings, it's fine, but you don't have to act on this right now. So that was like step one. My next step was getting routines down. Um, I think, especially at the time I was freelancing, I'm sure you know this, if you don't have like that structure, you need to create that structure for yourself. So for me, I had like, I have strict morning routines, I have strict night routines, and these things keep me grounded. Like I don't ever skip them. Meditation goes both morning and night. Um, and even like, I, I have kind of gotten back into religion, so I also pray as well, you know, whatever it is that you do. Um, also just, just taking care of yourself. I wasn't eating when I was stressed. I was, I was eating, and when I was, it wasn't healthy, you know? And so for me, I had to kind of be like, all right, if you wanna be a, a together spiritually, you've gotta get together physically too. So changing my eating habits, eating more vegetables, eating more fruit, working out, doing those things. And also just reading as much as I can from people I admire. I mentioned Tara Brock. She's somebody I really love. Um, try to think of others. I've been a big Jordan Peterson fan. I know he's a little controversial, but I really like the whole message of like, get your own life together before you start trying to fix the world. So that's been big for me. And also just compassion. 
it sounds so silly, but I think we get caught up in our own problems so much that we forget that like other people have their stuff, right? So if somebody is rude to me or short with me, it's not always me, right? They're going through their own stuff. And so that empathy and that compassion has just been, right? Like that is like, oh, so yeah. So just stuff like that has been really rewarding for me. A gratitude journaling. I would be remiss if I didn't mention that. Gratitude journaling for me has been, and I do it when I'm in the worst moods ever. When I'm thinking that the world is against me, that there is no hope, sit down, write down even just two things that you're so grateful for. And all of a sudden the world just changes, you know? Absolutely. I love my gratitude journal. And like there are days where I'll, I'll miss it. I'll skip it. And then like something's missing and it feels weird. And then I go to grab my gratitude journal, like three days after not doing it. I'm like, Oh my God, I haven't written you in three days, three whole days. I'm so sorry. I missed you. It doesn't even have to be something big. Like sometimes it's just like my bed. Like I'm thankful that I have a bed and a house. Like some people don't have these things. Like I am thankful I can walk to Whole Foods and get a salad today. Some people can't do that. So there's just little things. And it really does like bring your vibe up. And it's also a really good way. I like to do it in one that has um, dates on it so that like I can go and look back and be like, wow, look at all that stuff. Because even when it's the small stuff, it's like, oh, wow, I was really actually grateful for that. And I still am. And then when it's a big stuff, you're like, oh, that day was amazing. Yep. yep. <laughs> and even if you're having a kind of a crappy day, you can go back and be like, look, all these other awesome things yeah. on the whole calendar. I've noticed how many, mine are filled with so many people's names too. And that always just kind of like, because I think like, I am so lucky to have all of these people in my life who, who care about my well-being, you know, surround yourself with people that care about your well-being. Absolutely. Totally. I love that. Um, and everything you said, like, we need to remember that our like gut health is totally connected. Gut health is to, so important. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's connected to our brain, you know, directly connected to like our psyche and how we function. So like if we're not like eating right, even if it like tastes really good because it has sugar, it's processed or whatever, like that may not be the best thing for you, even though in that moment, it's that like instant gratification. Right. We love, we, and, and I'm, my, I'm really bad at this too. I'm addicted to dopamine, right? And that's why social media is so destructive for me because those likes and those, you know, those shares get, get really uh, addictive for me. But sugar is dopamine, you know, this food is, food can be a dopamine rush, but in the long term, like if you want to get your anxiety or depression under control, you can't just be eating like processed food all the time. It's not going to happen. I mean, and that's what we have like all over America is just like processed food, processed food. Like, and, and it's like on commercials on TV and all of the things. Thank God I don't even watch TV anymore that much. Like yeah. I watch only Netflix if I do and I don't get all that crap. But I know that that's what people are inundated on like a daily basis with. Yep. Um, and so it's just really important to like remember to ground ourselves and to get outside and to meditate. Like yeah, even if you can't get outside, I do light therapy. I have a sunlight. Uh, and in the winter months, because I'm in DC, I can't go outside, you know, when it's really cold. I need that vitamin D. We all, like humans, we need vitamin D. So highly recommend if you're not getting that in the winter, like get a sun lamp, like just bask in that for like 20 minutes a day and you will feel the biggest difference. <laughs> What do you think is like a good piece of advice we can leave people with for like, if they're really hooked on like, okay, yeah, I think I need to cut some toxic ties from my life. Cause we talked about that. Like what, what do you think are some like basic ways to start a process like that and to help hold yourself during that process? As Find well? a support system. I have been shocked, even though some people do react to me cutting my mom off with a little bit like, Oh, why did you do that? She's your mother. For the most part, I have been 
just blessed beyond measure with the people who I've told who have been like, all right, I'm your family now. Like, that's fine. Like I've had to do the same thing. Like I have two women who I consider my mothers who are not my mothers, but they are my mothers. When I had to get surgery last year, they flew out, you know, with a day's notice and they were by my bed and they were helping me. So it's hard and you might feel alone, but find that support system because you need it. We are, we are social creatures and you do, you have to love yourself, but you also can't do it alone. So find support systems would be my number one piece of advice. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that um, one thing I've been learning over the years is that we also get to choose our family. Like, yes, yes. I have a very extended family. Yes, me too. I collect them all over the world. I'm like, mm, I like your mommy energies. I'm going to keep you as mom. Yes. And like, you're my sister. <laughs> you're my, all my brothers are over here. Like, you feel like a auntie or a cousin. Like, and it's just, it's just formulated into this like beautiful, like mycelium family that's all over the planet. Some of them don't even know each other. Like some of them may never meet each other. Um, it would actually be super cool to like do like a family reunion and like, Obviously, the whole like, thing. <laughs> yeah, the whole thing. Like whatever family members in your like immediate family or that you're chilling with, they come, and then like your family comes from all over, <laughs> and we can like do joined family. Oh, I think I just miss big gatherings. Yeah, right. right? <laughs> <laughs> we'll come back to the days of those. We'll come back. It's happening later. I hope. Yeah, yeah. I hope so too. Well, Brittany, I love you so much. We could talk and talk and talk, but this was amazing. And I hope having me. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, sister. Love you. <laughs> talk to you soon.